I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything, yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's, it's so real to this day. I, I I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? (laughs) We did it guys. One that came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. This episode of Spaces Podcast is supported by Twin Motion, the simple real-time rendering solution to create high-quality imagery, client presentations, and interactive experiences that help communicate your design ideas fast. Hello, my name is Demetrius. This is Jason. Good morning. And you are listening to Spaces Podcast Express. Thank you for coming back, everyone. Jason, we have a guest joining us today. Um, We're going to chat a bit about home renovations and sort of the major considerations when you're renovating your home. Um, And I couldn't think of anyone better than our next guest to have on. Her practice is called Demios Architects. Um, She has an interesting practice where she's created these different service lines of doing traditional architectural services. She has a hotline where you can ask an architect. And then she also has a podcast called Talking Home Renovations with the House Maven. Uh, which recently joined Gable Media. So she's a network partner there. So please help me welcome the house maven, Catherine McPhail. (laughs) Catherine, thank you for joining us. (laughs) Thanks. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, likewise. Uh, So we were chatting a bit prior to our starting this recording. Um, that we wanted to do this topic and I couldn't think of anyone else better than to have you on. You've been at this for a while, focused on uh, residential architecture and home renovations. You have a podcast about it. So you talk to tons of people, architects, contractors, 
I can't remember. Have you talked to homeowners as well to sort of get that perspective? Yeah, I do. I do a series called um, Renovation Stories. So that is people talking about their own renovations that they've done at their houses, what they learned, what they did that they would do again, what they wouldn't do again. Some of those are just regular homeowners. And some of them are homeowners who also happen to be architects Mm -hmm. because, you know, yeah, we also renovate our houses, but yeah. So, so definitely, it's for it's it's kind of evolving to be uh, to have more stories. I love stories, and I love to hear about people's like what happened to them during their renovation, what they might have found in malls or something. But nobody seems to really want to. Uh, I have a hotline thing that you can do on my website about if you find something weird in your walls. I want to hear about it, but yeah, so far no messages. They're embarrassed by what they find. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, some a plumber told me recently that he found, like, they took out this old tub and there was a big uh, bag of cash that had been taped to it. But because he asked these other guys to carry it out, like they, these, I guess, younger laborer type guys, they kept the cash. I don't know who kept the cash, but he was really <laughs> upset that there were these bricks of uh, thousands of dollars in cash. He said like $40,000. Holy cow. Oh my God. Wow. I know. I know. What was that about? Given the current state of the economy, I, I, I got to... I got to tell you, I've considered the same. <laughs> start, start to stuff the mattress and put stuff behind the toilet, right? <laughs> right, but just don't forget it when you move. I guess they were yeah, they I were demoing it. The I don't understand that part. Yeah. I think I think she might have died. The person who put oh, it there. Man. That's funny. Um, yeah. I saw a photo floating around on the internet recently of someone putting a uh, skeleton, like a fake skeleton. Oh, dude, those are great. In the cabinetry, yep. in like the in the corner. Oh, so yeah. great. Like there's <laughs> so many of those idea. things like I've considered, like even when I'm doing other people's renovation. <laughs> you just leave a signature. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's oh. funny. Yeah, that would be funny. So you already touched on something that I wanted to sort of ask you about and, and touch on is the idea of finding out things about your house. Um, I know projects that I've worked on I've gone to do the field measurements and examined the entire, every inch of the house. And no matter what, throughout the entire process, you still find out things about the house of eaves that didn't quite line up how you thought they did and Mm -hmm. um, walls that are a little deeper than you thought. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about that experience and how you constantly find out something new, no matter how much you think you've already documented the house? Well, yeah, it's pretty frustrating when you've measured the house. And so you measure the rooms individually, and then you try to put them together and something really is not working. You think you made a huge mistake and then um, get all upset. This is just me, maybe, but I lose sleep over <laughs> it. I get all upset and then finally I have to go back and recheck it. And it turns out that it was something, it was like a double thickness wall or there was an over, actually a really common one is when they have the garrison, you know, the overhang on the on the second floor. And then I didn't notice that it was in the back and the front. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am trying to remedy that problem because honestly, I really, really do not like measuring. I really (laughs) wish somebody else would do it for me, but I have to go look at the, I mean, I have to kind of do it, right? But so now we have this uh, back in when, like in May of last year, when COVID just kind of started, but people still wanted me to come to their houses. I I, I wanted to get in and out as fast as I could. So there's a scanner (laughs) app, which I think now everybody's using, but for a while it was like a strap on thing to this iPad. And now mm-hmm. it's in the phone. But this takes photos of the whole. I mean, basically, it's like these millions of points all over the whole room. And it ends up being just this rendered. It's like a photograph of the whole place. So it's, now it's way easier to look at that and say, oh, that's the uh, there's a half a foundation wall that comes up. And I must have measured, you know, in a wrong place on the wall. And so yeah. 
I really like having that to be able to go back to so that at least as a first step, I can look at those rather than have to tell the homeowner that I, I don't know. And then I, <laughs> I also work for contractors sometimes. And one of them, I, I thought there were two by eight joists. I kind of mm -hmm. assumed, I don't know, I don't, can't remember, but since I hate measuring so much, I must have skipped measuring it, mm -hmm. the joists. And, um, and he's like, shame on you. <laughs> like, really? Seriously? Like, shame on me? Like, that doesn't seem that bad. I, I mean, maybe I have to go back and remeasure it, but shame on me seems harsh. Well, that's yeah. a little rough. I mean, especially I considering know. most of the contractors I've worked with, man, I'd keep your mouth shut, especially at the beginning <laughs> of the project. <laughs> I know, but he was like so serious about how shame should come on me for that. So now I've, I don't know, I, I guess now I, now I measure the joists. I do have a random question for you about that app, the scanner app you're talking about. Does it do the measurements as well? The reason I ask is because there's some that are out there that I do not trust at all. Mm -hmm. Like I need to take a tape or at least a laser or something. Do you prefer to use yeah. those? I I also have a laser and a tape, of course. Sure. And so I, I do the overalls. What I do now is is I, I scan the whole thing mm -hmm. and because it, it, it shows me where all of the outlets are and any kind of pipes from radiators and stuff. And so those are things I wouldn't normally document myself. So that's really great because that has gotten me into trouble before having a um, you know, like a chase in the corner or something yeah. like that. But what I do, yes, you can measure off the scans, but I, I don't know. I don't feel that comfortable with that. So you can send it. What I do is I send it away to these this company who then produces a model. But sometimes the model makers, I feel like they vary in their skill level on mm -hmm. what is going on. So I take the overalls in every in every room, you know, because I just to double check on their measurements, because sometimes it's but most of the time it's good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And if I'm going to be adding on to a particular room, obviously, I'll get more detailed measurements on that, right. like where the windows or whatever. Real quick, what's the name of that app? Well, I don't have any affiliate links or anything, unfortunately. <laughs> so this isn't a, play, a product placement, but it's um, canvas.io. And okay. Okay. when I first started using them in May of last year, as I said, I thought, you know, you just assume that a company's kind of established because they kind of make themselves out to be. But it turns out I was one of the beta testers, I think. On the whole thing. Oh, okay. So I wanted to get in a couple of things of what what do you think are some of the top things to consider when someone is renovating their home that you've kind of heard either from homeowners, other architects, or contractors? I like I feel like in the first place they really should get prepared as much as they can ahead of time. And, and, mm -hmm. You know, ahead of starting. So I think putting together a good team is really important telling if you have a designer or architect and a contractor working on your project telling them what your real actual budget is yeah is important so that everybody can try to stick to that it's but, funny with the budget no one ever wants to give you their budget i know because because they think i guess you're gonna change your yeah. fee off of what their total budget is yeah maybe that's it the funny part is like even when i went to do ours last year right and i was working with mm -hmm. my gc but who i trust which is different you know i'm sure because i already know the guy but I'm like, here's what we're going to spend. So here's my plan. Here's here's what I have available. Can you do it? You know what I mean? Like one of those kind of things. And maybe it's one of those scenarios when he kind of come in less. Maybe he could have come in more. But I, I feel like and maybe maybe it's an industry being in the industry. It's a sliding of the, the mentality. But it's like, look, this like if you can do great, make your money like this is what I'm prepared to spend. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think almost sometimes it's a, it's an area of philosophy, right? I think almost sometimes we go in not asking or not giving them some kind of idea, either A, you're going to completely overshoot what you're trying to do, or B, 
um, you're going to put yourself in a situation where it's like, you're going to have to go back and forth and argue and whatever else, you know? And I don't know. I don't know why people get so nervous about that. You know, it's like, why? Yeah. Yeah. I don't either. And I was at a meeting the other day where they, the clients have been given a price they didn't like from the contractor and he hadn't, he, he left the meeting and then we were talking about it and, uh, I hope he doesn't listen to this, but anyway, he was, <laughs> he was, um, talking they were talking about well how much money is he going to make because that's not written down here and you know that's outrageous that he would make that amount of money and i think that but that's his job that's that's why you're hiring him because he is hiring all these subcontractors and organizing this entire thing which isn't something you can do which he had which he's then tied to and he's got liability with and everything else you know but that's yeah you hear that all the time like people you know i did it with i jumped into a conversation surprising right demetrius i jumped into a conversation (laughs) when somebody was talking they're like what are you going to make? And I was like, that's not a fair question. <laughs> like, I don't see them right. coming back and going, Hey, show me, you know, your statements and show me what you make every year. And then I'll charge you accordingly. You know what I mean? And yeah. the person kind of looked at me and like, think about that. What does it matter? If you're comfortable spending the amount of money, great. If you're not tell them so, and they can adjust yeah. accordingly, but you should not. I, I think it's almost like an air or like an ego thing where they're like, well, you should only make X amount of money. Right. What? <laughs> Well, I think it's, um, it does more harm to the project than any benefit of trying to save money because you put everyone else in the dark. If you, if you're not accurate about, or not even accurate, but if you're not honest about how much you're willing to spend, the architect cannot design appropriately to what you want, what you can spend. The contractor cannot build to what you are willing to spend. So you have to be honest from the beginning. So I think that's a great yeah. point as far as like a number one, uh, Catherine, of planning ahead and being open and honest with your budget. And if you don't know, uh, like Catherine's asking architect, and I think you have a couple other options of how to do so, uh, work with someone to figure out that budget. Yeah. Yeah. And I had a contractor on one of my episodes give me advice about going to a banker and seeing how much they would lend you, even if you're not financing it, to get an idea of like a conservative hmm. person's response to the project. Yeah. Even you can, I mean, of course you can spend as much money as you want on your house, but if you're interested in, if you suddenly had to sell your house, maybe asking a real estate person to, how much can your neighborhood bear and all that. And then just keep that in mind as you decide how much to spend. Totally. We're going to take a quick break to share a little bit more about our sponsors. Let's talk ArcViz technology. Powered by the near limitless Unreal Engine, our friends at Twinmotion offer a fast and easy way to produce stunning real-time visualizations and immersive experiences for your clients. Twinmotion gives you the tools you need to make faster decisions and relay information to your clients in a way that instantly speaks to them. Breathe life into your scene by changing the season, the weather, the time of day, just by moving a slider, immersing your client in a way that they'll love, and more importantly, be able to truly picture themselves in. Why not share your design with stakeholders in collaborative reviews and edit your scene together? There's no better way to get buy-in than by making your clients feel part of the development process. Right now, they're running an exclusive free trial which you can head to twinmotion.link slash spaces to get your hands on. That's twinmotion.link slash spaces. Now moving into the actual design portion, mm. uh, is there is there something that comes to mind for 
uh, homeowners to consider that that would be like the number one thing to consider in your mind? Well, I think it's really important for people to put a full list together of everything they're thinking is going to happen during this renovation because there's all these, oh, while we're here, add-ons that happen for one thing, all the maintenance things. And then also, I have been involved in so many renovations that the partners, if there's a partnership involved, they are not on the same page. Like they do not have the same priorities and they haven't seemingly hashed it out ahead of time. So that's going (laughs) to, that's going to save them a lot of frustration, I think, if they can um, work on a list of everything they want to do and then, and prioritize together. As a reminder, I think we talked about once the add-ons when you're doing a remodel, that's what costs you money. Mm -hmm. That, that goes oh, back yeah. to Demetrius and I had an episode on change orders. I mean, that's essentially the same thing. So if you go, exactly. Yeah. I was listening yeah, to that so episode. If you go and you negotiate something, you know, for people that are out there, you go and negotiate something, you get your project set or whatever. It, she's absolutely right. Have a full scope of what you want to do because that price, I guarantee you will be different at the start than it will be when you add it on 100% of the way. So just something to consider. Yeah. And during this time when the prices are fluctuating so much, I was just working on a project where the homeowner was a little extra involved, let's say. Anyway, <laughs> he, he decided he was going to change. Um, he wanted a different kind of vinyl siding, which I'm hoping I won't work on many more projects with vinyl siding. But anyway, he he needed, a, he needed uh, instead of the clapboard, he wanted a shingle style, right? So he tried to change it. And the price for the siding was like five times more than it was before because they priced it last fall. And the price of vinyl actually had gone up. Never mind, it was a different price for the different style, but it was like really mm-hmm. ridiculous. All that right? resin. The difference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah. So then he was really felt like he was getting ripped off because the price was so different. But it's, if you had asked for that before, the price would have probably been lower for the reasons mm-hmm. you were talking about in the other episode about change orders. I mean, it's not that simple. So yeah, decide what you're doing. Don't change things midstream if you can help yeah. it. And, and even I found that the beginning of the conversation uh, in design prep with architects, ideas tend to unlock and the scope dramatically change, changes just off of the conversations and the ideas that are brought to the table. So I had a project that grew in, in square footage of addition, almost probably twice of what they initially thought they were going to do, um, just off of ideas and thoughts that I kind of brought to the table. And uh, just a few sub notes of things to consider is when you start to grow your square footage, you have to think about things like threshold of um, your structure, uh, structural upgrades, um, fire sprinklers that have to be updated. If it kicks you over into an increase of your school fees, those type of things add on costs as well. So those are things to keep in mind when that scope starts to slide and increase um, things to consider. And that's a really good point. I mean, kind of like that consultation, if you will, on that design process, right? Like even on the one that I did where I knew exactly what I wanted to do, as I started talking it through with you and I started talking it through with my contractor, I looked at him and went, I-, I could add on almost another 400 square feet of garage space. You know what I mean? Just look, just yeah. as you're walking it through and you're looking at it and like, what's the capability? What's the cost? Does this make sense? all those kind of things. But then you had a really perfectly full plan once you got into the build, you know what I mean? As opposed yeah. to just going, here's what I want and that's it, you know? And, and then, and then, Oh, 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 because the O's happen. It always happen. Yeah. And I tell everybody it snowballed no matter what you think, no matter how good your plan or process is, it snowballs. Something leads to something else. And that 10 to 15% <laughs> holdover 
is going to be utilized. <laughs> so plan on it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's just yeah. how it is. Yeah. And then quick note to the previous comment about school fees and uh, fire sprinkler. It's going to vary between uh, jurisdictions. So that's one thing to look in. They have different thresholds for those increases. But um, okay, Catherine, let, before we get out of here, moving into the construction phase of the project, what are one or two things that kind of come to mind as big things to consider for homeowners when they're taking on remodeling? Well, kind of in relation to what I just talked about, my over-involved client. Oh, by over-involved, <laughs> I mean checking on it every day and then emailing and saying like, why isn't this done yet? Or what is this What is this about? Or why is it like, let's just let the professionals do their work. <laughs> It'll just cause you so much stress and it doesn't help anything, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, because let's just assume they're not done. Like, let's start there. <laughs> I don't know. So I, I understand how, I mean having your house be operated on essentially is traumatic. It's like a member of your family going undergoing this thing. And it's really upsetting for a lot of people to see the siding torn off or just the, you know, just the Sided. sub floors exposed. I mean, it's upsetting. So try to set up regular meetings with your contractor and designer so that you know when during the week you can go and talk about all these things and, and really streamline that process. That's what I would recommend because otherwise it'll just fill your days with stress. You know, that's such a good point. And there's a lot of people because we deal with, even though we don't go full blown remodel, we do gut the interiors of the house with the, with the pretty looking stuff. And, you know, I tell people all the time, don't look until the last 10%. <laughs> like literally just don't do it. You know what I mean? And it's not for, not because I don't want you to see it, not because I don't want you to be involved, not because whatever, but A, you're not going to understand it. B, nothing really comes together to what you're going to understand until about 80, 90% of the project is done. And then you're going to have that sigh of relief, like, oh, okay, everything's going to be all right. And that literally happens in the last couple of weeks, few weeks of the project. And then you should have your punch list. You know what I mean? You should walk through and make sure everything looks good and all that kind of stuff. But you're right. You can't micromanage. It puts the people that are in the house on edge. They don't like having people looking over their shoulder, which makes them nervous. They can screw up. And it's like, and you're going to slow your project down. That's the other thing, like it's going to take forever and you're going to make it to where the trades, speaking of trades, to where the trades don't want to go to your house. They'd rather be somewhere else and then they'll start cutting corners. That's how that's going to happen. Yeah, especially if you if you as a homeowner are directly speaking with the, let's say, ele you know, electrician mm -hmm. or any of the subs, don't, that's not the right channel because then if there are changes and the, the GC doesn't know about it mm -hmm. and it just creates a lot of ill will. So, we, and you don't, Need any extra you don't tension. you don't want the gc hiding stuff in the walls right guys <laughs> isn't that what we're talking about right? <laughs> like little plastic skeletons from cvs <laughs> i think everybody yeah. should do that this season just get them those little tutu dressed skeletons and put them in the in the so awesome. wall cavity yeah fun. <laughs> that's funny uh a lot of great points today Catherine. for those that want to find out more about uh, your practice and podcasts, what's the best way they can follow along with you? Well, if you go to talkinghomerenovations.com, I mean, I think that's what I would recommend for everybody because then they, you can find me from there, but also hopefully you'll find some episodes that will be of interest and you may learn something. Anyway, I always learn something new when I'm putting together an episode. So that's where I go. And there's, uh, again, she speaks to contractors, vendors, other architects, homeowners um, about tips and cautionary tales 
with the process of home renovation. So if you clicked on this specific because your interest is in home renovations, definitely follow her, give her show a listen. Um, a lot of good insight into this process. Thank you so much, Catherine, for joining us and uh, providing some insight in this arena. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Thank you, Jason, for your time as well. Thank you to the listeners for listening. We'll talk again next week. Thanks. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to check out our sponsors. By checking them out and supporting them, you help us keep this show going. Thank you to Twin Motion for their support of this podcast episode. Don't forget to visit twinmotion.link slash spaces today and try Twin Motion for free. Spaces is part of the Gable Media Network. You can check out similar content at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L media.com. If you enjoy our show, you can support us in three simple ways for free. You can leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or on your podcast app if it allows you to. Tell a friend and follow us on social media. Thanks for spending time with us. Talk soon. Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise. From 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm.